welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 6, titled, Oh No She Better Don't. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one therapeutic co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, you so crazy, I think I want to have your baby. <laughs> to Taylor... The Latte Boy. Please send me that sound clip so that I can have that every time you send me a text message. That is what I want. How many ringtones of me are you going to have? It's going to be all your ringtones. Are just me saying I something know. like that. I know. How are you? I was good today until I listened to one episode of Pod <laughs> is my co-pilot. I'm going to tell everyone here in uh, podcast land. You should go for look. You should just go and download Taylor's show to begin with. Thank you. But I want first off before I even get into this, Taylor, what show are we on right now? RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And then what's your what is your other show about? About my life. Okay. And about it's a personal journal. Yeah. Gotcha. He did the most in depth review of this War on the Catwalk. <gasps> that is. Not- I was like, oh, is that what War on the Catwalk was like? Okay, if memory serves, and if somebody could go back and listen to the tape, first of all, I know we have a certain amount of time that we usually talk. Secondly, I was in the middle of explaining things about War on the Catwalk, and you go into, on this week's episode, <laughs> da, 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 da. so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm done talking about War on the Catwalk. Oh, I learned about you know the texture of Pheromone's outfit, jokes Trinity Taylor made. I was like, oh, this would have all been nice to know. On our show. And then the same thing with uh, you said that it was kind of made clear that you couldn't stay at Taffy's safe house. And then the show, you're like, oh, Babalu and I went and stayed at Taffy's safe house. The first night we couldn't stay at Taffy's safe house. Oh, but you landed up staying there? The second night we did. The first night, the very first night of the storm, we mm-hmm. stayed in our own house because the air conditioning, we had cranked down the AC so that it stayed cool in the house during the storm. The second night, we spent the night here, and I slept on the couch on a gross leather – not gross, but on a hot leather couch because it was too hot. And also, Taffy had given my husband a portable battery-operated fan that was way too loud and made way too much noise. Mm-hmm. The last night before we got power back, we spent the night at Taffy's house. So it was Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. And then we then we got our power back. Okay. Now look. Now on pod as my co-pilot, I understand going more in depth about the hurricane because that's your life. So right, I get that. I just don't understand why everyone in the pod as my co-pilot land. Which, by the way, not only did did they get a more in depth review, your co-host could not have cared less. I. Know. <laughs> That is true. I will give you that one. I will absolutely give you that one. Rodan could not have cared less. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Taffy was just only giving the most cursory of attention because her daughter was there. That is that is always a possibility as well. I don't know. I just we, – we, we're here to talk about season six. Mm-hmm. We're not here to talk about War on the Catwalk. We talked about season nine queens ad nauseum. For weeks on end. This show yeah. is all about the season six queens. And while I broach the topic of season nine queens, I I just – plus we have a limited time. And you usually cut me off in stories. So I just figure – How have you been? I'm fine. How are you? 
No, like, because, you know, guys, I'm not allowed to talk to Taylor except for this, this like, hour and a half or so that we record. So I don't, I have no idea how Taylor's doing. Yes, yes, we never talk on the phone. We never, ever talk on the phone. When was the last time we spoke on the phone? Last week, probably. I don't remember. Was it last week? No. Hold on. Maybe, maybe I have that in my recent calls. Let's see. When would be the last time that I spoke to Joe Batanz? Wednesday. Oh, that was, well, that was a week ago. Less than a week ago. It was six days ago. Well, I'm sure it's a yell at me or something. Um, you called me. Of course. Oh, no, 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 no. There is never, ever a Taylor calls Joe. I'm never looking at my phone going, oh, Taylor the Latte Boy's calling? I would have been like, who died? <laughs> I, someone that we know must have died. Like, why is Taylor calling? <sighs> now, let me ask you this question. When did you watch this episode? Sunday. Oh, you watched it Sunday, and you watched Untucked and everything. So you're all prepped mm-hmm. and ready to go. I am. And I, because... No, let's... Hold on. Because of some things going on down here this week, I did not take pictures of the looks and sent put them in a file. However, yeah. I am almost... I am 100% 50-50 that I can remember each of the looks by name. Yeah, yeah, but I rely on the look thing, too. Okay, but if I if I describe to you what the look was, you, yeah, but you, you can... use like real fashion terms. Like you'll be like, uh, the, the, she's wearing a pencil skirt. I'm like, I have no idea. I literally, I just said that I have no idea what a pencil skirt is. Pencil skirts are sexy. I love a gr- I love a girl in a pencil skirt. What's a pencil skirt? Pencil skirt is just a very tight, form fitting skirt that goes to about just below the knee. Mm-hmm. It's usually it's a, it's a perf- it's something secretaries used to wear in the fifties and sixties, which I think is why they called a pencil skirt mm-hmm. because it streamlines everything and makes you look like a pencil. I don't know if that part is true, but and we'll get an email about it if it's not. But that's- now I'm not one of those gays who knows fashion. Clearly, you know, the other day I had to go to a meeting. Did you get dressed up? Well, no, I didn't. But what I'm <laughs> the point? That's why I'm laughing at because I was like wearing a black t-shirt and jeans. I go, you know what? I better hop in the shower and get. You know, I want to take an extra shower for this meeting. It was later in the day. Hit that thing with a rag. So I took a shower and I walked out in a black t-shirt and just a different black t-shirt and different jeans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why even take the shower? Like, why, what did I just do right now? I mean, yes, it's a clean shirt and clean pants. But like, I don't know. It's like, that's my, here's my theory on this. Do you, have we talked about this in the show, my black, my black shirt and jeans uniform? You've talked about it on Catching Up because, and if I rem- if memory serves and your yeah. co-host on there, friend of the show, Mike Lawson, yeah. who kind of has a similar thing with, if I remember correctly, white button down shirts and maybe a pair of khaki pants. That sounds right. Okay. That sounds about Mike. Um, so it, it, it takes away the stress of trying to figure out what you're going to wear during the day. Because you know what you're going to wear at all times, so you don't have to worry about picking out what goes with what. You have everything figured out, so you just can just grab it and go. You can set it and forget it. Yeah, look, when you – look, there's a couple of things. One, when you are a fat man who is as ashamed of his body as I am, (laughs) all right, I – oh, did I tell you I think I might be borderline personality disorder? You didn't need to tell me that for me to figure that out. Oh, go man. ahead. Okay, I'm, I want to we'll, we'll come back to that. I don't think you have a borderline. Okay, I'll tell you. I self-diagnosed today because did you hear that that SNL guy Pete Davidson came out as borderline personality disorder? No. Yeah, we'll come back. To well, that. we'll talk about that in a minute. Focus. So, 
So, so I, I'm I'm ashamed of this. I'm ashamed of what I've done to myself, of what I've how I've just wrecked this vessel that God has given me. Right. So, mm-hmm. as we all know, not that I think black is making me slimming, but I do think black shirts are going to hide any sort of not hide, but they're at least as much as possible hide any sort of like wrinkles or things like just things you won't don't want focused on. You know. Okay. And one, and then two, it just, it just, the, the overall effect I want to be, don't look at me. So if I'm wearing the same thing every day, it essentially, you forget, not drawing attention to my body. Because here's one of the things that I actually do have a giant drawer full of different colored shirts and that say things and stuff. But Yeah, I've seen you in them before. And it is shocking when you when the the screen comes on and you're in a red shirt or a green shirt. When when people see me walking down the street, like I had this one, it was from, it was an old navy one that was like I just bought it because it was my size and three dollars, and it said like um, cross country team or something like that. Right? People would stop me and go like, "You're on a cross country team?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, that's that's right. I'm on a cross country team." So I. Like it, what it basically says when you wear the same thing every day is don't pay attention to me, don't look at me, don't talk about me. Which, you know, one time I lost a lot of weight before. I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You're so, this is why I don't share the script with you, because now you can't pull a me on me. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that, but now I totally want to see the script. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I lost a tremendous amount of weight before where I got actually like normal person thin with like muscles and everything. And I remember that people started talking about my body and looking at my body and talking. That's all they wanted to do. And I remember not that this is why I gained the weight back, but I'm sure in the, in the dark recesses of my mind, it was horrible. It was disturbing. Like for someone where I'm not used to people, talking about my body to have them constantly talking about it and wanting to talk about it and let's analyze it. It's a horrifying, horrifying notion. And that's something that one of the things I've learned now in, in, in weight loss is I have to go to therapy in weight loss so that I can cope with that. I, th- I, I feel like we have talked about this on this show before. We might've talked about it during season nine. I, and if I remember correctly, I had similar thoughts, but it's not necessarily when I lose weight, everybody giving me attention. It's when I lose weight and people stop giving me attention. Oh, where it's where suddenly because now all of a sudden, like, wow, you look really good and your face is definitely thinner. And oh, I can tell that blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly that becomes kind of expected that you're losing weight. So people stop talking about it. And then suddenly I'm doing that. Why is nobody not noticing me anymore? Oh, no, I would I would love if they didn't notice me. I, spe- I specifically remember being with a bunch of friends like, wow, look, Joe has like pecs. And I was like prepubescent. I was like in a Judy Bloom book. You, know, you, were, like, su- you were suddenly J- Janet Jackson on the cover of a Janet thing where you had your hand up yeah. and somebody came behind you. And, and I'm like, who is that you? man? And why is his hand <laughs> over my pecs? Uh, yeah. So Pete Davidson of SNL uh, <laughs> recently, I mean, today, actually, in an interview mm-hmm. came out that he's been diagnosed as borderline personality disorder. So I was like, well, what is that specifically? And mm-hmm. I went and looked, and of course, I was like, me, 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 me. Now, look, I don't have any sort of disassociative uh, elements where I don't think, I, I don't see myself outside of my own body or think I'm a different person. Is that an important part of it? No. No. In, in order to be diagnosed with something, you have to meet a certain number of criteria, but everybody's 
disorders are different. So for some people, for example, if you are dealing with situation like depression, some people may have issues with appetite or food, whereas other people, they won't have issues with food or appetite. They have, Okay, I'm not diagnosing you with depression either, so don't make a face like that. But they may have issues with sleep where they either have hypersomnia or insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in order to like for borderline, borderline is a very hard thing to diagnose and it is even harder to treat. Personality disorders in general are very hard to treat. Hard to treat. Um, which I, which I read about when I read about borderline, but it's often yeah. misdiagnosed. But it, well, it's often misdiagnosed and it's often portrayed as like crazy. Like, like anytime they show, I feel like anytime like, Leslie Ann Warren has played a crazy person in a movie in the 80s. She was always playing borderline. Or like Lark Voorhees. Isn't she something like that now? Lark Voorhees has borderline personality disorder? She has some sort of really crazy disorder. Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know about that. I don't keep I up to date on the mental disorders of the of the D-list celebrity <laughs> from the Do 90s. You, look, if you know, without look, well, people just IMDB her, but how many people out there do you think know who Lark Voorhees is? I think there are people of our generation and probably five to six years younger know who Lark Voorhees is. Okay, so she was on Saved by the Bell. Do you remember her character's name? Uh, Lisa Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you have for breakfast this morning? Donuts and a nice coffee. I do remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah, your body remembers it, too. Yeah, I know. Your body's going to remember it in three months when you get your A1C test. My body remembered the coffee for about 45 minutes in the middle of a session. And suddenly I did the whole, like, I have to go. <laughs> Will you excuse me just a second? Because I'm going to poop myself at a session. Oh, yeah. But does that count towards their hour? Yeah, but they don't get charged for the hour. The, our clients don't get charged for I, – I am paid for through a federal grant. So they get 50 minutes. So I did what I had to do, came back and gave them an additional five minutes, and then they got, they got their 50 minutes worth. So – this week, the library is open. <laughs> God damn it, I walked right into that. <laughs> the girls make a 90s-themed music video. Ben and Darian start to feud. And Trinity opens up some more about her HIV status. Adore Delano wins her first challenge while Milk, Darian, and Trinity K. Bonet struggle in the bottom three. RuPaul marks Darian as safe, leaving Milk and Trinity to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. In the end... Trinity lived to see another day while Milk was asked to sashay away. Taylor, the latte boy, name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not. This was not one of my favorite episodes of the season. I even remember back when I watched this episode, I was not I was not a big fan of the song. Um, so th- that honestly would be the thing that I don't think that I liked. I did like Trinity's performance in the lip sync. I thought that her performance of What a Man was... was very sexy and very seductive as compared to whatever the hell milk was doing. And another thing that I liked uh, as much as I did not like the song during her performance, during the video, I loved Adore's hair for some reason, that whole asymmetrical, like flat. There's something about that, that I enjoy. I enjoyed looking at her hair, hers and Trinity's hair, where she had the short, like Missy Elliott type thing, the very 90s style of that, of a hair, but Adore that I liked Adore is the best. How about you? What are two things you liked and something you didn't? I actually think, you know, when I was uh, writing the script for the show, I, you know, usually when we focus on a segment, we'll focus on the weaker people. 
to show why they were sent home. But in this one, in the mini challenge, uh, everybody actually did very well in the reading challenge. There wasn't, there weren't any huge. I mean, I guess you could say Laganja, but there weren't any like huge fall down flops like you sometimes usually see on the reading challenge. I. Okay, and let me tell you something. I totally forgot that this was the reading challenge this week. This is probably one of considering some of the strong contenders they have. This I think that other readings have been much better. Than yeah, the it's ones very on this middle one. of the road. There's no, there yes. weren't any big highs. There weren't any big lows. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, Lagrange's was the weakest, but even there have been far worse ones. Um, another thing that I liked, huh? That I've actually been struggling with that. Let me come back to that. Well, you know, I guess I can say this later. But I really, really liked Adore. I think Do- Adore was so far ahead of the backpack on this challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems to be the only one who got the challenge and right. really delivered 90s hip-hop girl realness. You know? So I would mm-hmm. say I was a big fan of Adore in this challenge. It's also her confessionals were on point this week. They were so good. You can see why people fell in love with Adore. So I would say that as I talked about last week's Untucked was the moment that I kind of changed my mind about Adore. And I totally agree 110% with what you're saying as far as the confessionals and the interviews and the giggling and throwing her head down. And, and that there she says she makes some comment about – um Bianca, she makes some old comment and she yeah. she laughs at her own joke and it's very endearing and it's very cute. Yeah, she 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 is one of the confessional superstars. Uh, the one thing I didn't like, uh, I'm with you. I do not like. Uh, oh no, she better don't. Yeah, even though it's a very catchy and the rap part, I don't. You know, I don't like the raps. Actually, I've been singing. Oh no, she better don't. Oh no, she better don't. I've been singing that all day, but not. I'm not been. I haven't been rapping. Well, and the thing that I, – I, I don't know if we want to save this for later, but I don't get the – you know, where RuPaul is dressed as a boy, but he's kind of like doing this Flav of Flav thing that he sort of just sings I, – I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he wouldn't dress up as the monster, as we call, just like the rest of them did, other than to stand out in a crowd. But with the big glasses and all that, I, I just – it was not – there seems to be some can. sort of rules for that. And I don't, I don't know what the rules are specifically. I feel she's done things like that before where the monster only comes out, the glamazon only comes out at certain points. And there's some, there seem to be some sort of rules for that. I don't, I don't know. Really? That's the impression I get. Like, like, I don't think she would do unless it's like a video she's putting out under the RuPaul logo or banner, if you will, trademark. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand. Also, it means to say words that means mean something to me. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like she dresses up for it. Well, but she do, for when they do the video for the final three or final four, she yeah, dresses up for that. But it's a song that's under the RuPaul brand. But she didn't dress up for um, Can I Get an Amen. Is she in that? Yeah, she's like oh. the Quincy Jones. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, but that, but that was season seven. I don't remember a lot about season seven. Can I get an amen season five? Oh, well, we haven't done season five yet. Oh, God. Are we doing season five? <laughs> Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race recap show for season five, episode <laughs> one, titled. <laughs> one of that was the big surprise that we had for you. Could you imagine? You would just get up and walk out. I would. I would just, I would just, you'd just hear. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew there were, oh, can't hear me. I never knew that I was talking when you I never knew there were doors behind you. Normally the door is closed. But what's, the what's reason behind that, the door, that door? 
That's my bedroom door. Oh. We have French doors. No, French doors are the ones that... No. Uh, you're asking the wrong gay guy. We have, we, have, we have windows on our doors in the hallways that kind of opened up, even though we have curtains over them, except for the bathroom door. Because no one needs to see anybody pooping through a, a window in the bathroom door. Oh, interesting. Everyone should know, I've only really seen Taylor's house, the little part that I see when he records. I've never seen any other part. He, he did send pictures of his kitchen. Yeah, which, it's my ugly kitchen. He posted something about it on Instagram, and uh, I was like, what kind of diabetic kitchen is it? it was like, there was a giant bag of M&Ms. And I was like... <sighs> I've been waiting for somebody to comment on the M&M. So, of course, it is Josephine Batanz is the one that figures out that I had M&M's in the house. It was part of the hurricane stuff. M&M's? M&M's. I'm a stress eater. I love sugar. Oh, do you? Oh, so you're, you're the sugar person. Yes. As we discussed in the show even last week, people were – in fact, thank you, everyone, for the all the tips on Doritos. Even though I will say this, people were suggesting some things. I'm a big classic Doritos guy. I'm going to tell you something. I know, I know people disagree with me. I cannot stand. I cannot stomach. I've tried several, several times. I want to. I'm not a fan of the Cool Ranch Dorito. <gasps> I love Cool Ranch. Do not like Cool Ranch Doritos. Do not. I love the sweet chili ones, too. The ones that come in the purple bag. I haven't but tried I those. I am alone on that in this house. Uh, I've never tried those. And there was one that I never tried called Tacos at Midnight. Did you ever try that one? The Joe Batan story? <laughs> It should have been the Jimmy Tan. I've only really tried the original. Now, did you ever try any of those Lay's special chips that were like, you know, the no. chicken and waffles and whatnot? No. No. I've, the, the closest I've come to that is around Christmas time. Uh, the Target by me, and I'm assuming they do it everywhere, but they for a couple of weeks when all the seasonal foods come out, they do Lay's, wavy Lay's, which are chocolate-dipped potato chips. No, they and do every not year I buy here. them, and every year I think they're going to be good, and every year they're disgusting. Oh, they're not good. I, no, they're not good at all. They're not good at all. Because I give a bitch a chocolate-covered pretzel yes. any day of the week. I love chocolate-covered pretzels. But there's something about, I guess, the, the potato in the potato chip with the chocolate, it just it has it's a weird mealy. I, I've never been a fan of those. But chocolate covered pretzels, I occasionally make chocolate covered pretzels here, right? Which is, I mean, it's, it's literally you melt chocolate, you pour it over pretzels, you're done. But I, if I see some, if a chocolate covered pretzel attached to a chocolate covered strawberry, I'm I'm set for no. I'm set for life. Is, I do not believe in mixing chocolate and fruit. I hate it. No, chocolate covered strawberries are awesome. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, no, I, I love chocolate covered. Well, so is there a ghost in your room? A, a paper just sort of like, like a ghost just flew behind your your left shoulder. This shoulder? Yeah. Uh, that is my here. I will move the. That is my bulletin board. Okay, then and why just, did a ghost just move the? Look, it's because the, the receipt probably flickered. <gasps> look at that! Look, look! It's like a ghost. Oh my god, that's scary. <laughs> What's going on? Because I have my ceiling fan on. So, because it's oh. hot here. Because it's Florida in September. So, it is the devil's butthole here. Do you remember Florida in September? It's, Dev- it's hotter than the devil's butthole. Da, 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 da. And then my ha, friend, I mean, breakfast roll. No, wait, wait, what was it? Um, we made up a song to that. My husband just got home. Hi, hi. Oh, he's You're here? You're walking through the doorway. Hi, hi. 
Oh, we're like, everyone, be ready. You're gonna get to have a Amazon You're gonna get to see a Babalu sighting here. Now, often Babalu will come in, you know, before or after the show. Usually after the show to yell at Taylor for being on the show for so long. But uh, we might get a like uh, poke it. No, we're not gonna get one here. Well, now as soon as we start talking about the show again, that's when he'll show up. I'm like, oh, hello. Oh, there he is. Oh, oh, oh look, there's a Baba Lou sign. You think we'll get... Oh, he's closing the door. Oh. <laughs> I hope the microphone picked that up. It did pick it up. What? Yeah. I know. Hello? Hey, Baba Lou. Do you, want, do you want to say hi to everybody in uh, re- Drag Race Recap Land? Hi, everybody in Drag Race Recap Land. Everyone, now, are you listening <laughs> to these season six recaps? Are you allowed to listen to them? I'm allowed to listen. Now, do I listen? No, I'm sorry. I don't. Listen, Wait. Listen to the voicemail thing. I listened to the voicemail thing that you guys did, and that was hilarious. Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> for everyone who's not, for people who, all these, all these people donated, so they know what I'm talking about. Oh, well, yeah, now, you watched this episode, right, uh, Babalu? This was the episode about uh, Oh No, She Better Don't. Oh, yeah. The, what, what, what were two things you liked about the episode and one thing you didn't? I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the question? Uh, what did I like about the episode? No, it's the Oh No, She Better Don't episode. Was, right. The 90s music video. What's been your favorite episode of season six? Oh, yeah. So that's far? a good question. What has been your favorite episode of season six so far? So I don't know. Because I hate half of them. I really do hate half of them. And Who do the, you hate? I hate Laganja Estranja. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And I I, uh, yeah. I actually like Ben De La Creme, but then in this mm-hmm. episode, or in Untuck, she she kind of came off as a little snobby. Oh, does she? Well, I think we're gonna you're, yeah, you're gonna see like you're gonna see more of that developing. Oh, really? Yeah. What did Taylor I love, just say? I don't know. What did you just say? Darian Lake. Oh yeah, what are your thoughts you thought? You don't Darian like Darian Lake. Lake. Oh yeah, Darian Lake. I don't what? like Darian Lake. Which one's that one again? The fat one. <laughs> the fat one. Yes, I don't like that one. <laughs> is there anyone? Is there anyone you do like? Oh, I well, obviously, I like. Um, I do like uh, Bianca. Mm-hmm, sure. um, I do like Adore. Yeah. And I actually like Courtney. Uh, Courtney Act. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All right. So it seems like you have um, pretty good taste. Now, what do you like about Courtney? Because this is the first time I actually see Courtney, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. She just seems—I wouldn't—I don't want to say real, but I guess the most real of all of them, or oh, of I most see. of them. Yeah, huh? She seems the most real. Yeah, um, I, I also hated Milk. I was like, I was telling him when like they all came out. It's like I hate them all. I hate oh, them you all. Hate but them like, all. To her, yeah, but other than a few of them. <laughs> ah, interesting. And how was it? Was it weird seeing them on War? When you, because you guys went to War on the Catwalk, was it weird seeing these people that you saw on television for season nine, like in person? A little bit. It felt like I was watching a television show almost. Oh, really? Yeah. I um, I have now like uh, my favorite even more is Sasha Valor. Yo, so you're a Just, big Sasha Valor fan? Yeah, and just watching her perform on stage is. It's even better. It's, spe- mm-hmm. it's more spectacular. Wow! What did, did she do? Anything like shocking that like that you really liked? She liked. Um, she used a lot of special effects. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm saying air quotes special effects, but visual, <laughs> visual effects. effects. And the, she had a lot of costume changes 
which I liked. The, what, her costume, her picking. I'm sorry, I'm not. It's like nine o'clock, and I've had a long day, so my my uh, the way I'm talking is all over the place. But all, her clothing of what she picked is just amazing. Like one of them was a black dress that almost looked like a Godzilla dress, and then mm-hmm. she tore it up. And what was did she reveal that she you was know, like a oh dress that had like clouds on it. Yeah, clouds on it, which I loved. So, all right, yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> well uh, do you have any like, parting words for the audience? Because I just realized right now we're forty five. Well, we're, we're like we're like half an hour in, and we've not even talked about the show. <laughs> really, you're forty five minutes in. You haven't talked about the show yet. <laughs> no, no parting words. Just hello, everybody. All right. Well, all right. Well, Babalu, thank everyone's gonna be so excited now to get to hear Babalu. It's, it's such a Patreon exclusive. To hear Babalu. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Adios. All right. Bye. That was the most ethnically diverse the show has ever been. <laughs> it was two Latinos talking about. It was like it was like an episode of Stir Online. Remember Stir Online? No. Oh, God. Stir Online. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch a show called K Pasa USA? I lived it. No, Stir Online. You said I lived it. No, Stir Online were the people who did the, the tribute. Ep- they, remember they, they analyzed our show, that podcast, that they did the episode where they recapped RuPaul's Drag Race recap? Their show was called Stir Online? Isn't that what it was called? No. No, it was not called Stir Online. What was it called? <laughs> I don't know, but it's not Stir Online. After Gia's elimination... <laughs> The girls walk back into the workroom to decompress. Laganja Estranja confesses that she doesn't like to see her friends do well in the competition. Trinity K. Bonet revisits her HIV status, and we are introduced to the very early stages of the battle between Ben De La Creme and Darian Lake. On a lighter note, congratulations, Miss Darian. Thank you. Did any of the original six win two challenges? I won a challenge. You won a challenge. I won the first challenge, too. Oh, you did? Oh. I did. I wasn't there. Yeah, it doesn't count. I think it's better not to strut around and be like a peacock when you win. You got to make sure that you're not too in love with yourself. Ben Lockram. Taylor, what are your thoughts on, on the, the early... We're seeing the early stages now of, the, of what we now know becomes a huge uh, battle between Ben and Darian. I would agree. I think I think when you make statements like that, you're setting yourself up. You're setting yourself up for pissing off other girls because because that that's not necessarily something where you're reading anybody. You're just kind of saying, "Oh, look at me." And everybody knows that that's it. Also, a reality show trope that as soon as they start talking about how great they are, that means that the fall has begun. Yeah. You know, so so to do that is almost kind of a dumb move. It's it's almost something where you you can see. With you know, especially with top uh, America's Next Top Model and stuff, when they start talking like that, you can almost see the editors like salivating because they know, oh, we know we would get to send home this week. So to do that is dumb. I, but this is where Darian starts to turn for me as somebody that I really don't like. The bitchiness level is is she's kind of gross in this, where we do the whole thing of where we talk over our shoulder and we we talk in a very Mrs. Kasha Davis way. And it's it's just it's not cute at all. I think we will we, obviously we will be swimming in the cool cool waters of Darien Lake for many weeks to come, right? And so 
it's weird to me because I have complicated feelings about this. Because, you know, it's, uh, you know, both Ben and Darian have come out and said that, you know, that the show sort of twisted the way things were portrayed. Now, here's one thing I noticed. I feel like I remember there being some sort of storyline about Jocelyn being obsessed with Courtney. But right. I remember that being earlier on yet. But we're, you know, six episodes in and I don't remember. We haven't seen any of its evidence of it yet. Well, but I thought I remembered both of them saying that the editing on that was very weird. Yes. That, that I, was something to kind of make Jocelyn look sort of freaky. And then it might have been where they thought that was going to go someplace. And then once they got into editing later shows, it wasn't interesting enough or it just kind of was a manipulation that never went anywhere. But it hasn't come up, it hasn't come up at all this season so far. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. But, I mean, the fact that she was fangirling so much over Courtney – it could have been portrayed as a a really cool moment to meet somebody that is an idol of yours, but then it never went anywhere. So I think I think what I'm saying is like I remember this storyline. I haven't seen it yet. I thought it happened earlier, but maybe it comes up in later episodes. I don't I don't remember seeing, and I could be wrong, but I mean I don't remember anything else with that happening happening with that any time else on the show. All right, um, but any other thoughts on Darian and Bandela Creme? No. Yeah, look, we're going to be – it's also pointless to talk too much about it because it gets more and more intense as the episodes progress. And I don't remember that either. <laughs> oh, I totally remember that. And there's a reason – because there's a moment I remember from the finale off – You know, for those of you who are new to the show, season six was the first time I went to a RuPaul's Drag Race finale. Mm-hmm. And so I was there, and I saw the way they were behaving off camera. We'll talk about this when we talk about the grand finale. But – um uh, and we're also we're going to revisit this feud later in this episode as well. Let's, uh, okay. Let's move on. The next day in the workroom, RuPaul enters to deliver this week's mini challenge. Today's mini challenge is sponsored by the letter T. As in all tea, all shade, honey. Oh. In the great tradition of Paris's burning, the library is open. Oh. Because reading is what? Fundamental. There you have it, darling. No one was terrible, but there were two very clear, strong contenders. First up, Bianca Del Rio. First up, Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> the library is now open. <laughs> Miss Ben de la Creme, after seeing you in drag, I realize now why Seattle has a high suicide rate. Oh, <laughs> Jocelyn Fox. She's so gay, even her asshole has a list. <laughs> then we have a door. I know what you got on your SATs. Catch up. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, I said the same thing that RuPaul just said. All right, next, Darian Lake did her best to read her fellow queens. Milk, your beauty and fashion is listed right on the side of your carton under missing. <laughs> <laughs> De la creme, you remind me of a Russian doll full of yourself. <laughs> Adore Delano, I'm going to say this very slowly so you can understand. You're dumb. <laughs> 
RuPaul named Darian the winner of the challenge, which gave her a clear advantage in the main stage challenge. Taylor, do you feel Darian Lake should have been the winner of this challenge? No. No. I think that this was a this was one that was made for Bianca. Mm-hmm. I think that Bianca Bianca's seemed to be the most off the cuff, genuine. I, I just I was not I was I was not a fan of Darian's. But this is also where I'm starting to see the Darian I don't like. So I tend to not root for the ones that I don't like. You know, like Laganja's. Laganja's was horrible, but it was I think that it just kind of added to the fact that it was horrible that I can't stand Laganja. Um, do you think maybe perhaps they were they were conscious that Bianca would just be winning too much and make it super obvious? That didn't seem to bother them with future with Bob, Bob the Dry Queen from from day one. They knew they pretty much they could have just crowned Bob. So I don't see why they would. That's if anything, true. they would do that in later seasons. I think. Well, look, I mean, Darian's the first one, the only one that I heard that gave that made RuPaul laugh as hard as she did. Well, but if and I don't get why she left that that's the you're dumb joke right with that yeah. like cackle mm-hmm. yeah i don't get why that is so funny i think i think the fun the, the 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 suicide rate one is funny the suicide rate joke and the lisp joke i thought are, are both were both very very funny the, the ketchup joke was dumb i remember thinking back then that that, that that wasn't a good one and are those the only two that we heard or did we hear somebody else's oh, the only two that we heard because they're the only yeah. two that were in contention the other one yeah. the other no, one between like, the two of those yeah. i think bianca's were much better uh, I think the, the I adore joke. I'm sorry. The adore joke was funny with the death drop. You should reverse that and drop dead. That yeah. was that was a funny joke. But oh well. Do you think? Do you think Darian should have got it, or do you think that Bianca? No, was I funny? was with you. I was sort of when I remember I watched. I'm like, oh wait, Bianca didn't win this. She should. I, I thought. Can I remember when I saw Bianca? I'm like, oh, she so clearly won. And then I think by the time Darian went, I was like, oh, whatever. And then she said Darian was the winner. I was genuinely surprised. I was like, oh, I guess there, uh, Bianca didn't win. Uh-huh. So, uh, all right. After closing the library, officially, RuPaul, officially, RuPaul gathered the girls to explain this week's main stage challenge. For this week's main challenge, you're going to face off in a 90s-style rap battle royale. Ooh, uh-huh. Y'all need to write and perform your own rap. To a track produced by DJ Shy Boy called Oh No She Better Don't. <laughs> uh, Darian got to choose the teams and she divided the girls up into two teams. First up, the Panty Hose consisted of Darian, Laganja, Bianca, Adore, and Courtney. Early on, the Panty Hose struggled to get their act together. Adore was excited about the challenge but hated Laganja's choreography. Why are we all doing this shit? I don't know what the fuck that means. 90s rap is really about the feel. Yeah, motherfucker, yeah. It's very that. It's not like <laughs> fucking, oh, no, she better don't. I right, hate left. this. <laughs> I don't really want to look like Instinct, bitch. I want to look like Salt and Pepper. Later during the filming of the video with guest judges Eve and Trina, Darian struggled with her rap. Big girl walking down the sturdy street, walking down in all these dirty feet. She's on, honey, because you're... Fuck. Cut, Sorry. Cut. It's all right. Well, fuck beginner's luck. I think you're thinking too hard about the performance of the song. Yeah. Let's give it another shot. Keep your shoes on, honey, and make that money, because the turf her feet and the turf ain't funny. <laughs> cut, Almost. cut. Fuck me. 
All right. So, first of all, I have a question. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. Did sure. you know who Eve and Trina were, Taylor? I knew who Eve was. I had no idea who Trina was. Who's Eve? Eve is a rapper from the 90s. And she also – she she did – um she had a bunch of songs in the 90s, but she worked a lot with Gwen Stefani. Oh, she when, did? When, yeah, when Gwen Stefani first uh, came out solo. The, there was the uh, If I Was a Rich Girl, na 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 na. She, she's on that with her. Mm-hmm. And also, there is a song on Eve's album with Gwen Stefani called Let Me Blow Your, Let Me Blow Your Mind. So they, they collaborated a couple of times back in the. Uh, 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 this is it right here? Uh huh. Uh-huh. This is a great song. Yeah. And this is her with Gwen Stefani? Yes. Shake your asses, face screwed up like you having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one. This get to one the hook. classic. Red from blind, yeah, bitch, I'm drastic. Why this? Why that? Lip stop basking. Listen to me, baby, relax and start passing. Expressway, head back, weaving through the traffic. This one strong should be labeled as a hazard. Some of y'all niggas hot psych, I'm gassing. Clowns, I spot them and I can't stop laughing. Easy come, easy go. When do we get to the hook? <laughs> get to it eventually. <laughs> None of you ain't Giselle, can't walk and imagine A lot of y'all Hollywood drama, cast it Cut bitch camera off, real shit, blast it I had to Okay, so let 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 me look up Trina. What's her big? Oh, you don't know who she is. I have no idea. I I that name's kind of familiar. That's not the one that does the oops. There goes you know oops. There no, goes that's this. Uh, Blue Tweet. Cantrell or something like that. No, Blue Cantrell was hit 'em up style. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that song. That song is still on my workout playlist. This is the, this is the most popular one on Spotify for Trina. Mm-hmm. P. Ryan, Richmond Heights. Oh wait, not the most, this, this is this is the most popular. They put things in a weird order. This has four million downloads on uh, Spotify. This is why you love me, baby. No tree. Is it a fall festival? Sounds like Calliope music. I swear, as soon as she walked out, I see that I was like, huh? Wait, okay, ass on, what the fuck? Now where's you got Trina? Them them okay, I, it was a bunch of guys. It's like, if, like here's Frank Sinatra, and it was me singing the whole time. Um, okay, so, um, so what did you think of that? What did you think of Adore having a problem with the choreography? What did you think about Darian fucking up? I love Adore. I love the moment where she goes, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very not it, – it, it's a very real moment. It's not her trying to be a bitch like we've seen with other – I kind of remember the whole like Eureka not liking something. So she kept raising her hand during season nine or that yeah. kind of stuff. It was just a very like, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. So I I definitely enjoyed that. The moment where Darian almost falls in the big flat leather trench coat, 
did make me laugh. <laughs> I was actually gonna. It happened right before the clip that we pulled. Right, but um, I didn't pull it because it's just it's just a sound of just clearly they put the sound effect in, but like it's just a big sound effect. And I was like, oh, but it's so funny. <laughs> Because and you and I can both say this. There's nothing funnier than a fat person falling. I'm sorry. <laughs> On a related note, you know, I remember I went this is years ago. I a guy came up uh, on my Facebook who is now like a big giant Hollywood executive. But years ago, maybe like almost 15 years ago, uh, my friend Mercedes and I became friends with him. For like a, a, but one of the people you're friends with for like a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And he invited us to a party at the time. He was just like a minor Hollywood executive in and, and, and the Hollywood Hills. And there was this party. It was just like a bunch of just Hollywood types, right? And Mercedes and I are like, this is boring. Let's get the fuck out of here. So we were trying to ghost out of there. <laughs> and we were sneaking out. And my fat ass <laughs> rubbed up against the volume on the stereo. <laughs> and... <laughs> Turn the music all the way off. <laughs> and everyone stopped and stared at us. And now the guy, I mean, the guy is there. He looks us and he sees we're like one foot out the door. <coughs> Literally, keys in one hand, first yeah. in the other. And you both just stop, like, <laughs> just kind of look. Yeah. And then we just left and he never spoke to us again. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so we've all had those awkward Friday uh, moments. Oh, I love stories like that. Yeah. So, oh. uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Thank. I needed that desperately tonight. Thank you very much. That it seems like every episode we're saving you from some sort of psychological uh, breakdown. Uh. Uh, okay, but any other thoughts on the door or or uh, Darian or? No, no. I think I think that Darian just uh, 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 one thing about her outfit. I mean, other than the fact that she almost fell on it, is she doesn't look. It doesn't look comfortable. I mean, it's that weird, like slicker patent leather looking thing that looks kind of like the jacket that Michelle Pfeiffer had in Batman Returns that she made into the Catwoman outfit. Mm-hmm. That it just looks hot and gross and. It doesn't surprise me that, considering especially the 90s were really about comfort in a lot of ways, as far as big baggy clothes and that sort of stuff, that she would wear something that just felt so ill-fitting and non-breathable. I can't imagine that didn't help her as far as – that didn't hurt her. That didn't help her. Sorry. Um, As far as trying to remember her lines and everything else. On top of being nervous because she's, you know, an old white man. So. Is patent leather real leather? I think so. God, that's like a fucking that's the hall that jacket alone is the Holocaust for cows. How many cows need to die for that jacket? <laughs> Next, the Rutang clan consisted of Ben, Milk, Jocelyn, and Trinity. The Rutang clan had an equally awkward start as Ben insulted Trinity's Annunciation. Let's just see where we're all at, and then we can okay. see where we need to go from that. Do you want to start? Just take, uh, just take a second. Let me show you how I flow. Rhinestones and big hairs and gowns to the flow. I do think that this is a prime opportunity for you to practice your enunciation. Fuck that! You don't tell me about enunciating. You unenunciate. Shit. This is how I talk. Just really make sure you like, really like, wrap your mouth around all those vowels and all the consonants individually. This is rap. You ain't supposed to use no syllables, no vowels. It's just all street slang. 
What does that mean? You're not supposed to use any syllables or vowels in rap. <laughs> I think it means that Trinity should have paid more attention in school. I think that's what that means. Um, I didn't look at that. And of course, this may, this may be my privilege showing, but I did not look at that moment as Ben trying to read Trinity. I thought it read as Ben trying to help Trinity because that has been a situation that has been brought up about her in difficulty with enunciating and especially when she wears her flippers and, and all that kind of stuff. So what are you I talking about? She's sensational. <laughs> She's sensational. Um, I, I think that in, in Trinity's defense, though, Ben could have said it differently. It could have, so therefore, it could have been taken in a more positive tone than it was by Trinity. But I, 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 I think I get what Ben was trying to do there, and it just got misinterpreted. What were your thoughts on what Ben and Trinity had to say to each other? I think Trinity's so fucking sensitive. Mm-hmm. Because she's black. No, I just want to say when you're drinking, everyone listening, I saw Taylor was to drink some water. So I was trying to think of something shocking to say <laughs> when Taylor drank water. You're such a dick. I wanted to see Taylor do a spit take. <laughs> uh, you know, by no. the way, yeah. by the way, patent leather is real leather. I just looked it up on my phone. Oh, it is? what do they do to it? How, what do they, how do they process it? This is the podcast version of the show, uh, How It's Made. It says, uh, patent leather is a type of coated leather that has a very glossy, shiny finish. The coating process was introduced in the United States. Okay, it's it's a um, lacquer coating that is based on linseed oil. Modern patent leather usually has a plastic coating. So they, so they like rub plastic all over it or like a plastic coating or some sort of oily coating on it. And that's what makes it shiny. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. You yeah, learn, you learn something every day. Uh, le- so my opinion is this: Trinity is super sensitive. Like I know you, she has a redemption. You said she has a redemption. I don't remember, so I'm going to take your word for it. But I am seeing very, very, very strong similarities to Nina Bonina Brown, and it, and it, it it's bugging me the same way Nina bugged me. Did I say she has a redemption? Yeah, you said that. Oh, bug- she- oh, she doesn't. Now, I don't remember a redemption as much as I know the relationship with her and Bianca changes. Well, it changes again after the show because don't you remember, um, you know, I don't know how long after the show, uh, Trinity went online and was like, oh, I don't remember. You know what? I'm going to be careful here about what I say. This is based on my memory. The facts may not be completely in the right order, but there was something having to do where trinity called bianca and said a tragedy happened to her i can't remember what it was and so bianca lent her some money i think it was for like a medical procedure you know okay. I, can't, I can't remember she, she trinity needed x number of dollars it was an emergency and bianca was like i'll lend you i believe it was ten thousand dollars i could be wrong but lent her a large sum of money okay and then saw later that trinity went and bought a whole new wardrobe and Bianca was like, oh, all right. Well, there we go. You know, and then there was a whole, and I don't remember if they're related. There was a weird scandal as well where Trinity was trying to set up a GoFundMe or, or asking for donations because she claimed her, all of her outfits and everything were burned in a storage fire. 
But then when the internet asked for receipts, she freaked out and she was like, fuck you, I don't need you guys, blah, 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 blah. I remember there was a whole weird, there's been weird Trinity money bizarro scandals after the show's ended. Interesting. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do for an extra hour in the day? I'll tell you. I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz. You know, wrote things, and then it seems now that I podcast, which is an, a, a great creative outlet, by the way. I just write less, and well, I do write a lot. I just I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever is coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour. I would spend it writing, and that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me, but what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Later, during the group session with the guest judges, even Trina found Milk to be a little off. Never been the in girl since she came out. Milk shutters in the udders that you paid out route. If you're looking for a dude or in preggers in a mood. What are you saying to that yeah. part? If you're looking for a dude or you're in the preggers mood. Okay. Okay, so what were your thoughts on Milk, you know, as part of the Rutang clan? Uh, because I think the same opinion that I have of Milk is one that I feel carried on over to his look. So what was your sort of opinion? Milk's just odd. Yeah. Milk's just an odd duck. <clears throat> and, you know, Milk is very rhythmically challenged. You can tell that with the dancing and all the weird stuff like that. So it makes sense that something that would involve rap would he would struggle with that she would struggle mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. so i mean that, that that is just where if you're looking for a dude which is kind of a okay you're going someplace good with that that's a and then it almost feels like he sort of said okay you know went went through that went through with each <laughs> beginning of each letter as far as booed cooed dude food did it, like could have come up with other things and ended up with Prager's mood. Like it's, it felt very, I need to come up with something and I'm going to try to force this into this, into this lyric. It's interesting to see because, you know, Milk is a very handsome man and classically handsome, you know, like, especially in the gay world, you know, Mm -hmm. but he still has that thing that I think a lot of people who are more insecure about their looks has where they hide behind the humor when they're insecure. 
Okay. You can tell he's very insecure. And so he's feeling obviously not very secure here in uh, in this challenge. And so he is goofing it up because he does he's not comfortable owning being in the skin of like a hip hop person, which I think was Adore's strength. I mean, this is where she feels most comfortable. It's right. music. It's she likes this world of nineties hip hop and she's she's very in her skin here. And um and I think that's why she uh did so well. But Milk on the runway look when she had to be kind of glamorous and here isn't as comfortable. And I think so she went goofy because she doesn't know how to be anything else. Yeah. No, I get that, but it's it's not if you're gonna do goofy, do goofy well. And this is where I don't feel like she did goofy well. <laughs> Gosh. Like that? That, how yes, was that exactly? Did I do goofy well there? Yes, you did. Uh, all right. Well, let's actually take a listen to the finished product, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, she better. Don't. We're going to talk about over it, by the way, as it plays. Okay. okay. Okay, so what Jocelyn Fox thoughts on that? I thought Jocelyn did great. I thought Jocelyn's performance was there was an attitude about it. Um, I know they said during Runaway that she definitely stepped up. She stepped out of her box a little bit, and it showed. She she's Jocelyn's one of those that I forget she's on this season until I see her on the screen. But whenever I see her on the screen, I I I enjoy looking at her. I enjoy I enjoy what she does, but I f- I forget when we talk about queens. I'm like, oh yeah, she is on season six still. She is a weird one in that she's really good at the challenges, but mm-hmm. not so good on the runway. Yeah, that's a that's a very good observation. I don't think I've really ever seen that before. It's usually hand in hand, or they're bad at everything. Yeah, or sometimes they're really good at the looks, but not good at challenges. But I've right. never really seen good at challenges and not good at the looks. All right, here we go. Let's move on. Let's see who's next. I'm the fatal femme, but I got the candy coke, and so they call me Creminem. That's cream all rose, fully wanted couche, a big four fly ladies who be coming your way. Okay, vanilla creme. Vanilla creme's was not bad. I, I, it wasn't great, but it wasn't. I mean, if you're comparing Ben de la Creme to Jocelyn at this point, Jocelyn is definitely better than Ben. But it wasn't mm-hmm. awkward. It wasn't as awkward as I expected it to be. She's doing kooky, like I think what Milk wanted to do, but she did it right. Yes. She's doing kooky, but she did it right. She was effective. Mm-hmm. But once again, I feel this with Ben. And I think, you know, Bianca's, and I'm, I'm starting to see Bianca's point of view more and more as I watch the show. And that's why, like, I don't know where I am on the, Bian- on the Ben Darian thing, is that, you know, Bianca's thing is that Ben is a fucking liar, you know? And so, like, I think there's, like, this fake, like, oh, I don't do impersonations and then whips out a fucking British accent and, like, this amazing character of Maggie Smith. Right. Or I I don't I don't know what a rap is. I'm a white person. Why are you doing... And then not that she did great, but, like, she was better at it than she... She, she keeps... She's setting the expectations... Her, the She's setting the bar really low so she can exceed them, but it's it seems very transparent and grasping. Okay, but you could say the same thing about Bianca with Judge Judy. Oh, trust me. 
uh, Bianca's real name should be Hector for Hector Projector. Second <laughs> to see how this goes. Wirestones, big hair, gout to the flow. Tonight I'm gonna make history. Don't even try to come for me. My flow is such a mystery. I am your girl, TKB. Okay. Trinity K. Bonet. Started off strong and then fell apart. Really? Yeah. I, strong for, for Trinity. I think because she had the look, not because she's black, but because she had the look with the, with the, the Missy Elliott hair. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of doing the thing that they did in the 90s where she was sort of leaning forward and doing the where she's shaking her hand like this and everything. Yeah. It felt more genuine than somebody like Ben De La Creme doing mm-hmm. it. You know, where you pretty much have, you know, Missy Elliott versus, you know, Lovey Howell <laughs> doing yeah. a rap. Uh-huh. So I, I think that kind of is why I enjoyed watching that, listening to it. Because I remember thinking she's off track at one point. And so so listening to these is a different experience than actually watching them. And if you listen, she keeps up with the beat. And then towards the end, she's she's slipping. I, the, I don't – I'm going to go back a little bit here because I don't – they said that in the critiques and I couldn't hear it. But let me let me go back. I'm going to guess where it starts. Here we go. Okay. This goes, Warstone, big hair, got to the flow. Tonight I'm going to make history. Don't even try to come for me. Now. such a mystery. I am your girl, TKP. I don't hear it. Oh, I do. I do. I don't have that ear. I'm not hearing it. Okay. See, the problem is, Joe, you don't have an ear for music like I do. And she's totally off. Oh, my God. If I had a shade button, that's – High grade, well, you know, because you know, shade. <laughs> because you know, m- you forget that Michelle Visage was a rapper as well. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> if there's anybody on the audience who gets that, I will, I will, I don't know what I'll do. All right, here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Do you not get that? Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. I'll get wait wait get who who you're impersonating. No, <laughs> no, that is an actual line from the episode. Oh, where when they're talking about rapping, RuPaul says, and something that's important to remember when you all are talking, listening to Michelle's advice is Michelle was a rapper. She has a song on the Bodyguard soundtrack. And yeah, Michelle yeah. Visage says, track nine, because that's Soul System. So that's the, that's her claim to fame is that she was a rapper. She also rapped on Seduction's album, too. But that's a whole other episode about Michelle Visage, what you do, because I love that, that album, Seduction's, Seduction's album. But she was the rapper in that group. Wait, hold on for a second. Were you doing an impression of anybody? No, I was not doing it. I can see where you thought I was doing an impression of somebody that we both know mm-hmm. very well. But yeah. I was not doing an impression of that person because I was not high while I was talking about it. Okay. That was not good. Mm, that was not. Good. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. No. No. It was weird. Okay, here comes uh, Team Pantyhose. Okay. Laganja. Who was that? that was Laganja, and it's awful. Oh. I think yeah. it, I think it's the worst one in the whole. It's off. I can it, look. I couldn't hear Trinity was off. I could totally hear Laganja was off. 
And uh, it was awful. Well, okay. And what did I do? I just said I couldn't figure out who that was just by listening to it. So that tells you that how memorable it was, which apparently it wasn't. You know, the other girls, I could figure out who who everybody was. And I, I, I was also – yeah, no, it's not good. Not good at all. No. It's, that, that, she should have gone home for that. All right. Here we go. All in bare feet. Walking down the dirty city street. Keep your shoes on, honey, to make that money. Cut your toenails, drag it, and they're sure ain't fun. Okay. Sweet. So that's uh, Darian. Darian. That was awful, too. That was awful, too, but that also seemed like that was much shorter than everybody else's. Yeah, because probably all they could salvage. Yeah. That's, I'm wondering if that, I'm wondering if that was, that's all they had. Yeah. Because she fell down. <laughs> she had to go to the hospital. But uh, she didn't turn down the volume on a stereo. That is my, na- that is now my favorite Joe Patan story <laughs> of all time. Oh, there are a lot of those. Uh, so here's the deal. Like, it's not good. I feel Darian and Lagrange. Well, the no, milks is really bad too. But Trinity K one eight is not the worst among them. And okay, no, no. no. When you're listening to them each like this, because they were boom, boom, boom. When you're watching it on yeah. TV, but the fact that we're going through each one and listening to them, you're right. Trinity shouldn't have been in the bottom two. No, here you go. Okay, so this is what I want to say about Bianca. I read an amazing article one time. I can't remember who did it. But the person decided to do... I wouldn't sound a research paper because it's a long-form journalism piece. But to find out where the white guy rap of, like, my name is Joe Batanz and I'm here to say I love da ba da 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 right? He's like, why do white guys do that? Where does that come from? What rap has that and he does all this research right to mm-hmm. find out he finds out the source of where that terrible rap comes from he thought because there's no rapper that says my name is there's no rapper that's ever been like my name is and i'm here to say my name is dougie fresh or my name is cool modi or no. my name is no they I, might do that but no it came from a flintstone cereal commercial <laughs> barney rubble says i think like he says like my name is Barney, and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. And he said he, that's the first time it ever appears, that couplet in rap. And he thinks the kids who watched it, the white kids who watched it and didn't grow up with rap, go back to that commercial, okay. and that's where they get that. And that sort of feels like what Bianca is doing here. Bianca, who is my age exactly. Um, so I remember that as a kid, that commercial. So she would have mm-hmm. been like, and it feels very like, my name is Bianca and I'm here to say uh, something, something, something. And you're like, oh God. Well, it's, it sounds very eighties rap versus nineties rap. Yes. It's very eighties, like run DMC right. kind of rap. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, I, I actually think Bianca's is not very good either. And they were giving her props like, oh, you're so funny. I don't think it's the funniest one. I think the rap is terrible. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not a fan, but she just gets this weird pass. Now, everyone should la- – I'm going to say everyone should listen because the next one is a door. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm even going to go back a couple of – like one second. There we go. Okay. It, the next one is a door. And you'll hear a doors is so much better than the others. Just she gets it. Here we go. Okay. Look at my body in this brand new corset. Men turn around. 
Like, she nailed it. Yeah. That's like TLC. That's that anger. Yeah. No, no, that's that's not TLC. That's like... Salt and Pepper? TLC wasn't a rap group. That wasn't even Salt and Pepper. That was like just angry... Spinderella? <laughs> I'm just nailing. I don't want to say NWA because I mean that, that's a that's a whole other level angry. But that is that when the, the attitude in that is so much different than everybody else's. Like what you're talking about, where there is there's just this anger to it. When you think about '90s rap in particular, you think about all of the anger that was that was directed out at people. And with Adore, with those couple of couple of lines, you the way she projects that. You feel that anger. You you feel the character that she is trying to portray with her great asymmetrical haircut that I love. All right, let's go. Let's keep. I need the last one here. And by the way, the last one is, might even be the worst too. Here we go. So it's not the worst one. It's not memorable. No, it's not. Oh, I'm going to put it lower. It, it also was one that you kind of... Like, they never showed her doing her rap. So it wasn't necessarily... You knew going in it wasn't going to be memorable at all. And I had a hard time understanding what she was saying. Uh, yes, you're right. I don't think it's very, I, I think it's very whatever. I think actually, you know, your husband was saying right now that, uh, Courtney X is his favorite. And does he know who the final three are? He know yes, he know he knows who the final four are. Okay, I think they feel that there's some sort of confirmation bias going on because, like, she has not done anything memorable this season yet. No, she's pretty. She's pretty and she has a great body. That's, that's. She's very fishy. She is. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. But, like, because the best look she has is the one with the wings, and we haven't seen that one yet. Right. Um, but her looks have been very what. In fact, I'm going to be critical of her looks this week. Uh, she hasn't been super memorable in the challenges yet. I don't think she's done anything worthy of being a favorite. But again, yeah. it, I could see you, if you know who the winner is, then looking for why you would. And then seeing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts on the song? No. No, it's it's one of my least favorite songs that they've ever done. But I'm not a huge fan of '90s rap, other than some of the female rappers like Salt and Peppa and stuff like that. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Back in the workroom, the girls wonder whether Milk can pull off the glamour required for the runway look, and Bianca shares her own personal experience with a friend who had HIV. I want to talk about that. But the only workroom moment worth mentioning in the episode occurred earlier, when Ben confronted Darian about why Darian didn't choose Ben to be on the pantyhose. So, Darian, how do you choose your group? How did I choose my group? Yeah. That sounded really shady. Right. What was it, Darian? Why don't you enlighten this bitch? Wait, I really was, I mean... No, you weren't. I caught it. All right, I'll be direct about it. Darian, why didn't you choose me? And I'll be completely honest. It's none of your fucking business. You know what? I don't have time to deal with this right now. When I think 90s rap girl, my first thought isn't to go to Dela. I was not actually trying to be shady, and I came off that way maybe because my feelings were hurt. Suck it up, buttercup. Taylor, 
thoughts on what we just witnessed right now in the show? It felt very mean girl. It felt very, I, I think Bianca throwing in the hole, well, that was sounded shady that there must've been an edit there because I don't know that the way that Bianca asked the question or the way that Ben asked the question came off as shady or bitchy, at least not the way that I heard it initially. But I thought that Darian's response was, it was just mean girl. And it was just, it was petty. What about you? I don't know. I would love to know the whole context of that scene because I do think it's a scene that the way it's edited and the way it was done could easily have been what was workroom mirror fun and with music and the right editing made it into like this horrible thing, you know, yeah. not horrible like, like that, but like it uh, worse than it really was. Yeah. And I, but what, what I, the immediate argument against me is Ben seems genuinely hurt when she says that it's not like we see a cutaway and then Ben's like, Oh, Ben literally says, Oh, I'm sorry if I offended you. I just meant that, you know, she immediately backtracks. And then we don't see a response. We just see the inner, if I remember correctly, just the interview, the confessional where they're going, suck it up, buttercup. But that could have been, as we know, they do this. That could have been to anything. I know exactly, exactly. But I'm saying that, you know, when you have a, and I know that there's been discussion is the sincerity of Ben de la Creme, but if you have where Ben says, I I was, you know, I apologize. I hope it didn't come off as shady. I didn't mean it as shady. That seems like a genuine moment. But Darian, I'm, I'm not trying to make an apology for Darian. I, Darian, I don't know what happened. But she does, I could see something because you said they didn't show Darian's reaction after she said that. It could have been she was like, I was just kidding, bitch, you know. But you just cut right there and it just seems like, oh, I don't know. I feel that, I like, the other things we've seen this season, I feel that there's, Something missing. There's something we're not seeing in this episode. Well, this is this is a prime example, which we've talked about over multiple seasons, of emotional manipulation on the part of the editors. That because that that's a very good point. Because when she says none of your fucking business and they all do the ooh like that, that could have been, you know, locker room hijinks, so to speak, of where they're mm-hmm. all just being silly and it you know, with with the proper music and the proper editing, then it looks like it's the beginning of a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, well, now it's time for the looks. Taylor, what folder are the looks in? I can. I, I want to open up the looks right now. <laughs> you shady bitch. Uh, I did not have time to get the looks, but if you say the name of a queen, I will describe her outfit to the best of my ability. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's. You know what we'll do is why don't we do it by team. So let's start with Team Rutang Clan. So the first one would be Ben. Ben. Ben de la Creme. Uh, actually, I liked Ben's look. It was a powder blue kind of uh, very Zsa, Zsa Gabor green acres kind of where she had the snow leopard muff and the snow leopard lined um, shoulders and the big hat. And uh, I d- thought she looked great. I give this look a toot. Oh, you know what? I remember this. I I remember thinking, I mean, I can't do as much of a description as you did, but I remember thinking, oh, I actually really like Ben's look. And it was the the theme of the category is uh, crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah. I believe it was. And so I I felt that it met the challenge. I thought it was a really good look. It worked for her. I thought, yeah, I thought Ben did a good job. Big toot from Joe. Uh, Next, let's do Milk. 
Milk. Milk tried to glam it up this week, again in powder blue, where she had on a kind of a corset and a long skirt that was frilly with white at the bottom. She had on, I believe, long white gloves, big hair, and tried to do a glam look as far as her makeup. Uh, she said in an earlier episode that she was afraid she would stand out even more if she tried to do glam in the wrong way. And I agree. This was not a strong look. It was very boring and plain and not well put together. I would give this look a boot. Uh, I don't remember the look, but I do remember not liking it. So I'm going to give it a boot. I remember thinking, okay. like, oh, this bit. Even not even so much as the way she worked it on the runway was, again, she went with kooky. She went with awkward. She went with weird. And so it was not a good look. A right. boot from Joe for a bit for milk. Next up, Jocelyn Fox. Jocelyn Fox again wearing light blue. She had on a light blue. It almost was just sort of a ribbon. <laughs> she had on a bikini with a ribbon type thing going on, and she had on white lipstick. I remember her makeup was all very pale colors, and she was wearing lots of like crystals and stuff that were sort of hanging down off of her shoulders. So it kind of gave this very crystal snowflake type effect um and she pretty much was wearing nothing from the back she had on a little thong um and she kind of had very a, sort of a short curly bob um i kind of like this look even though there is a lot going on to it uh so i would give this look a toot yeah i remember i i don't remember being a big fan of it i don't remember it at all but i do remember thinking like oh the judges are being a little harsh on her it's not that bad it's mm-hmm. it's fine. It was a very safe look, which she was safe this week, right? So, yeah, yeah, it was a safe look. I mean, I but they were beating up on it, and I and anything that was deserved. Trinity K Bonet. Trinity K Bonet. See, I actually remember this one, and I thought she looked incredible. And like we said, this was rigged against her. This was this this look. Here's what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. They wanted to send milk home this week. That's just what it is. And they're like, we need if, – if they put Milk up against Darian in this song, because they have to play this song. They have to play What a Man. It's a 90s hip-hop yeah. song. Ooh, I know. Okay. She had on the hippie outfit. Yes. Yes. She had on the long straight hair mm-hmm. and the kind of the poncho-looking thing that was all mm-hmm. reds and oranges and yellows. Yeah. She looked amazing. She looked really, really good in this. You're right. Okay. So I didn't mean to cut off, no, your, right. cut off your theory. But, but yeah, ahead, big yeah. toot for me as well. But what I was going to say is they go, we need to send this fucking bitch home. It's time for Milk to go home. And so yeah. we're going to put her up so that the audience realizes Milk needs to go home. We're going to put her up mm-hmm. against Trinity. You put her up against Darian, it may, who knows what might happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. If you put her up against – Laganja's already gone. Milk had not lip-synced before. And Laganja's already lip-synced at least once. Maybe yeah, even she twice. did against Gia. Yeah. So – they're like, who can we put up? Oh, Trinity could nail this. Yeah. And so they put her up against Trinity just to send Milk home. It's, it's basically what they were doing with Valentina for Nina. Yeah. But Valentina fucked it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were like, it's time to fucking put this bitch away. And Trinity K. Bonet delivered. You know? All right. And she looked great. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the pantyhose. First up, Darian Lake. Darian Lake. Darian Lake had on a sheer dress with a bodysuit underneath or like, you know, almost a bathing suit on underneath that had big kind of jewels all over it. I I have to give this look a boot. And the reason why, and this is probably this is probably shaming in some way, but Darian's legs are so enormous 
that they're distracting. So to wear something that was sheer, that you could see the legs through the material, it took away from anything that might have been pretty about the dress. So I, I, I get that she's she's a big girl, but there's, her legs are just like it almost looks like there's something wrong with her legs. They're so big from the especially from the knee up. Okay, I don't remember the look that while well they give it a, an opinion. I don't remember. Laganja. I kind of her hair. I remember her, it, it was kind of boring. So I mean, it, it was it was very bland. It was very basic. She kind of had a like a Jane Mansfield, Marilyn Monroe kind of like big platinum blonde. Mm-hmm. And she's when she does her face up, her face she always does a beautiful face, but the the, the she accentuated the wrong things in that. So Laganja Stranja. Laganja Estranja. Laganja. I don't remember what Laganja wore. Do you? No. Bianca Del Rio. Bianca Del Rio, I loved her look. It was a gold caftan off the shoulder, and it had she had it cinched at the waist, um, over at least to the one side, and she had red straight hair with a big uh big bandana headband on and her her makeup was i remember them even commenting on this her makeup was not as severe as it normally is and i thought bianca actually her face she actually looked very pretty this time so i give this look a toot i don't remember the look adore delano adore delano had on a lace uh dress with it with some sort of bodysuit underneath to show off her legs it was very boring, very bland. Um, she had big, blonde, crazy hair. And the, the skirt was not – the hem was not at the right height. And they, she was commented on about that as well. So she looked okay. I, I, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a toot with reservations. I don't remember – I don't know anything about lengths and stuff like that. But, you know, Michelle's you know, harping on her about the length. But, like, it, what's – I mean, it looked fine to me. But I don't know anything about that stuff, so – I don't know. Courtney, I do have a lot to say about Courtney Act. Courtney Act was, it came out, it wrapped in a comforter and then just had on a purple, almost bikini or bra and panty set. And I thought it was horrible. I thought that it was not even trying. Um, It was lazy. It was a very lazy, lazy look. And I I would give her a toot a boot on that one. I agree. I don't even know why Rue mentioned it though, right? Michelle mentioned it. Okay. Stop re- relying on that body. Uh, I was almost angry when I saw it. I was like, "Really, bitch? Really? Like again? We're doing it with the fucking bikini?" Like I was like, it's, "Like again? We'll see better looks from Courtney moving on for moving forward." But. Mm-hmm. I've been so disappointed in her look so far. To me, she's not a top three contender so far. She's boring in the challenges, and she's boring on the runway so far. I haven't seen one that has wowed me. Again, like I know coming up, we're going to see some that wow me, but uh, so far it's just boring. And and I was like, it was she should have been called on it. Like it was the comforter looked horrible, and then it's just to show off a bikini. Like it it, it was it was not good. And yeah. that's the looks. Yay. Back on the main stage, Dor Delano is named the winner of the challenge. Trinity, Darian, and Milk are in the bottom three. Once again, why Trinity's in the bottom three? I think I have my theory. Uh, Darian is given a pass and deemed safe. Left on the stage are Trinity and Milk, who are left to lip sync for their lives. The song, 
What a Man by Salt and Pepper. Okay. Each girl gave the song her own interpretation, but in the end, Trinity was asked to stay while Milk was asked to sashay away. Back in the workroom, Milk said her goodbyes. I wanted to leave my stamp, and I really think I did. I'm so happy with what I've shown the world, and I'm excited to keep going and for people to love my drag as much as I do. Can I get my phone back? (laughs) Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? I think in some ways Milk did leave her uh, stamp because as we see in future series or future seasons, you do see more like Milk, where we move away from the fishy and we go into the more creative and the more avant-garde. And so so in some ways, we talked early on in the season that Milk was very much ahead of her time. And I I would agree with that. She wasn't right for this season. She wasn't right for this season. I think as we saw in, in future seasons – the producers or the or, or the people, the creative team behind the show realize that, I think. And we start to see a lot of Milk's influence in later seasons. So, uh, yeah, adios, Milk. You uh, Look, honestly, though, from what she was doing, I don't even know if she went home too soon, though. Do you? No, I think it was time for her. I, I don't know that, especially thinking about, you know, the comedy challenge in a couple of episodes, that that could have been real cringeworthy just because she is so awkward in her presentation with a lot of things. Yeah, I can't think of anybody on the show right now who I think should have gone before Milk. Like, there's no one like, oh, really? Like, you know, like, when Acid Betty went, I remember thinking, like, there's so many people who should go before her. Right. You know, like, Derek Barry should have been gone before Acid Betty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't feel that, though. I feel everyone there still should be there. You know, and maybe that's another one of the strong. Uh, I don't know that Lagan. Maybe Laganja. I could see Laganja having left before because Laganja is only really good for the drama. Laganja and Trinity, the two of them, the only thing that they really seem to serve up to this point is they make for good television. With the whole, you know, I'm feeling very attacked and all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and Trinity with her whole, look at me, I'm Trinity. <laughs> Yeah, that that whole thing is just th- those make for good. Whereas Milk just kind of hung out in the background. And they would occasionally bitch about her drag aesthetic. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Laganja should have gone. It's uh, but it's neck and neck for me. Her, like Laganja not going doesn't bother me that much mm-hmm. because she's such good television. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? I said we should talk about this. I didn't talk about it. I want to talk about Bianca. And this is actually a serious topic. I'm like, oh, we're gonna wrap up right now, but. I, I, I want your opinion on this, because Bianca tells a story about her friend with HIV, which isn't that relevant, but if it, the, for those of you that don't remember, Bianca had a friend who told everyone she was HIV positive, or he was HIV positive, but maybe I kind of got the sense from the story, didn't treat it in time, or didn't take care of it, and then died, you know, later from complications of AIDS. Right, but and, didn't tell Bianca. Bianca found out about it from other friends. Oh, Okay. But the reason I bring that up is not about Bianca's story. It's kind of about the Trinity K. Bonet storyline. And I'm, I, I, I'm going to tread lightly here because I think I'm going to go to a place that might seem uns- insensitive. But I'm going to ask my friend Taylor, who works with HIV patients, 
a question because I'm genuinely curious. So it's going to come off as insensitive, but it's genuinely curious. But I sort of feel, and this show seems to cement this, that there is this, I don't know what I call it a movement, but a lot of times when the media portrays people who have HIV, it's like these little angels who, like, they're little precious angels. Does that make sense? And then they're treated with kid gloves, like, oh my God, almost as if they have a death sentence. And, and that they were, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it because, uh, I, I think I, I, I think I understand what you're saying is that when a person announces, they are never going to let someone, this show or other shows, who has announced that they are HIV positive be portrayed as a villain because that could be, there is a, there would add to a stigma that many people still hold on to that people with HIV are bad people. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do everything they can to hold up a person, whether it's a character on a scripted show or a reality show that announces their HIV, that they are just this good person trying to make it in the world. Is that kind of what you're trying to say? No, I wasn't going toward the villain part. I think it's, look, they are drag queens. They are out there in the gay world. I'm not even as out there in the gay world as they are. And I know uh, a person, and I've known people afflicted with HIV. And it's a part of their lives and it's a difficult part of their lives it's not necessarily i think one another misconception is that people say like oh it's not a death sentence anymore it's treatable but and it's still i know it still sucks you know there's a lot of things you still have to do and and to treat it but but yeah my friend he goes through all the terrible parts of it but he for all intents and purposes is healthy and because i've known what's going on with hiv and i know when he got it like look when he first told me i literally cried silently you know that this happened to my friend Mm -hmm. but i wasn't like and to the point where if someone told me who i barely knew that they were hiv positive that was gay it wasn't a group of gay people and they said i'm hiv positive i would be like "Eh." not not that i'd be like laughing but be more like and i don't think i would be indifferent but i wouldn't like the the looks in their faces are just like okay but you also don't know, just like we said, the suck it up buttercup comment, you don't know when they got those looks. They could have put that together to kind of create that narrative. There could have been another conversation going on that they decided to take a look that somebody gave and put that towards when Trinity announces that she has HIV. That's, and there, it could have been a genuine moment. But when you think about, you know, and Bianca kind of showed this, when you meet somebody, with HIV, the first thing, the first thing anybody does when, when anybody tells anybody anything about themselves, you relate it back to yourself. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that after Trinity says to the group, I have, I've been living with HIV since August of last year or whatever it is that she said, everybody in that room probably knows somebody back home that's HIV. If there weren't maybe other people in the room that were also HIV positive that just chose not to share it. So. When Bianca said, I had this friend, and this is what happened to, that seems like a very normal response to me. Um, no, no, no. And- I'm not, I'm not, I think Bianca's response was really normal. I'm talking specifically, actually, in the 
in the teaser of the show when she brings it up again in the workroom and they cut to all the girls' faces and they play this sad music. You know what? I probably have the, did I have the, did I play that clip? We didn't play that clip early on. Oh, okay. I didn't. But um, they play this sad music and they're cut away the faces and everyone's like looking at her. Like, I think if someone told me like Trinity, depending on what I could tell they were going through in their head to tell me, that would affect how I react. But if they were very matter-of-fact about it, I'd be very matter-of-fact myself. In fact, I think there was an episode when, when actually when Adore talks about her hog body. Mm-hmm. And I just always... Courtney says something that's been resonating with me and resonating with me and resonating with me. Where she says, um, like, you know, like, oh, I have a really Except- awkward body. And Courtney says, maybe you do. And so what? You know? Right. And I've always had that such a, a really emotionally intelligent thing to say and i kind of would hope i would say something similar with the hiv positive thing where like like yeah it sucks it's horrible but like suck it up buttercup no but like no i wouldn't (laughs) say that i would would be more sensitive than that but what i'm saying is like i wouldn't have that like tearful look in my eye like oh you well okay and and there uh, you also kind of have to a phrase that we use a lot is meet meet the client where they're at Mm -hmm. and for some people their being hiv is their life and that is where you know you have to kind of if you have some people that would say if you said, said the equivalent of suck it up buttercup hopefully no one would ever say suck it up buttercup to somebody with any disease but um to say something like that may be offensive to other people. Other people may want to hear that much like the Courtney statement to adore. You know, I don't, when I see clients, I don't, I'm not treating their HIV. I'm treating a person that just happens to have HIV unless their being HIV is the main focus of why they're coming to see me. Yeah. Like I don't make a big deal about the fact that they're HIV positive unless that is what, you know, for, especially for people that maybe are newly diagnosed or have had me- multiple health issues because of it or something like that. It's it's really about, you know, other than a couple of questions I have to ask during the intake process. Yeah. Unless they bring up being HIV positive, we don't talk about being HIV positive. Well, you know, we just kind of talk about whatever's going on in their lives. And sometimes those those places meet, especially in you know, I met a guy, I really like him, I have to tell him I'm HIV positive, I don't know how to do that. You know, that kind of stuff will come up sometimes, but let me ask I feel you this like question. I, in, I feel like I stole your No, 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 topic. no, 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 this, this discussion I wanted to have. Inter- okay. Internally, though, internally, when people tell you this, because you deal with it so often, do you even give a shit? Does it even mean anything to you? And I'm not, I don't, and that's not a leading question, it's a genuine question. No, I, well, I mean, I, I, I have... And this is going to sound worse than I mean it is I've become desensitized to it. I mean, every client that I see, every person that walks through the door of the agency I work for that is coming in for services has HIV and they are, it is not the stereotypical where everybody is very emaciated and hasn't have hair and they're just where they're super weak. We have people of all shapes and sizes, of all ages, of all ethnicities, everybody that comes through the door. So if they're sitting waiting to see somebody, I just assume they're HIV positive. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that sometimes are coming in, like, you know, visiting their partner that happens to work there or something. And I just, I don't, I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. You know, I work, uh, in the test prep industry, 
And sometimes when that comes up, people will often say like, well, I'm not going to tell you my SAT score or ACT score. And I'm like, and the truth is, go ahead and tell me. I don't give a shit. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but when Mm -hmm. you tell me an SAT score, your ACT score, did I say the same thing twice? If you tell me your test scores. No, you said each one differently, but that's um, fine. If you tell me your test scores, it's like you're just telling me the your the wall in your room is red. Like I don't – I don't – maybe people who do, but because they work with it every day, it, I don't use it as a gauge of someone's intelligence or – because I've seen – I know a lot of people who are really smart who have low scores. I know the opposite. I had a guy – okay, without divulging – I have to be careful how I say this, but I had a guy yesterday that I worked with a long time ago that for it for care that came back to me yesterday and he has a job that has him work from home mm-hmm. and he is looking to start working out in the field mm-hmm. for the first time in a very, very, very long time where he's looking to find a job where he works around other people. And at one point he was saying well, what do I do? What? How do I tell them that I have AIDS? And I kind of looked at him and I said, well, why would you tell him? Why would you tell anybody that you have AIDS? And he said, well, you know, they're going to know. And I'm like, okay, girl, what? why do you just assume that? So we had to have this conversation as far as he goes around assuming everybody knows by looking at him mm-hmm. that he has AIDS. And, you know, there are other, re- you know, and, and this is somebody that is very lean. This mm-hmm. is somebody that is, you know, has other stereotypes. But we had to talk about, well, if they think you have HIV or not, so what? That's on them. Mm-hmm. And unless they are doing something to possibly harm you, pay them no mind because that that, that that's not going to affect your life. You're, allow- you're giving these people, you're giving people the power and control over you to that. This is why you stay in your house all the time. So, but you know, let me ask you this question. Cause and it's, it is, cause then I wonder, am I the one that's insensitive? Now, speaking of people who are very sensitive, uh, we have a friend we are, Taylor and I are also involved in a group messaging, uh, chat. Right. And we had a friend the other day who told us that his grandmother had passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, he was actually asking about his grandmother was sick and was asking about telling us about that. And then in the middle of that conversation, his grandmother passed away. Yeah. So my first response, and I'm looking at it right now, is I said, blank, I'm sorry to hear that. And then I followed it up with, also, please know that if you need anything, anything at all, Taylor is only a phone call away. <laughs> Unless his refrigerator is out, then you might need to call me. Do you think that was insensitive? That's just sort of my natural reaction to things. And I think that anybody that knows you knows that you use humor as a shield. You use humor as a way to kind of keep everybody, keep hard topics at an arm's length. And I'm not, I'm not trying to read you. I'm just right. saying that that's, that is my observation of you. And not only on this show, but also in personal conversations and stuff. And I think that considering how well he knows you, he gets that. Did you get some sort of comment from him privately well, no, about that? No, 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 no. Did you get some kind of comment about it privately? No. No, no. no. And, he, and he followed up with a joke afterwards. But um, yeah. my question, what, what was your thought when you saw that? Did you think, ooh, that was too soon? It, it, <laughs> it's like, literally- but that's one of the things I love about you is that you usually go for things too soon. But I, I smiled when I saw that. I, okay. cause I kind of thought that, 
you know, it was just sort of a silly, like, okay, that's Joe's, that's Joe's way of, like, we all had these friends that don't necessarily know the words to say something to support somebody. So where they walk past you, they punch in the arm, Mm kind of like Shirley MacLaine and Steel Magnolia. She doesn't know what to say. So she just kind of punches Sally Field in the arm gently Mm -hmm. and then keeps walking or punches Tom Skerritt in the arm. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you doing that is kind of, that was your way of coping. I mean, you didn't say anything horrible like, well, that happened. <laughs> I know somebody who would have said that. Uh, that would have definitely been a thing. Well, that concludes Inside jokes week's... are fun, people. <laughs> well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct not only each episode of this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, but of our own lives. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. To learn more about Afterthought Media, visit afterthought.media. To support us on Patreon and to gain access to our other shows, please visit us at patreon.com slash drag race recap. For a small monthly fee, you gain access to hours of bonus content weekly, frequent live shows, and access to our extensive back catalog. To contact the show, email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at dragracerecap and follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap you can find Taylor the Latte Boy on his other podcast called Pod is My Co-Pilot available at podismycopilot.com and everywhere you get your podcasts you can also follow Taylor on Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor and on Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor Joe Batanz is the host of many other podcasts, and you can find those podcasts at afterthought.media or at patreon.com slash drag race recap. You can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was recorded in the summer or fall of 2017 and originally released on Patreon. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.